everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We are going to be talking about planning your goals for the rest of the year. I know this episode is a little late, but I was kind of busy having a kid, and you also might hear him sleeping in the background. Um, But I am really excited to get started because this is a new method that I have been using to make sure that I'm implementing achieving my impossible goals. Now, it's funny because me and my husband were talking about Elon Musk and how much of a genius he is. And so I asked him, I was like, okay, well, what is his Enneagram? And he goes, let me check. And he goes, oh, he's a three wing two. And I'm like, aha, basically Elon Musk is me guys. No, but seriously, Um, he has a method where he says you should plan for impossible goals, right? So that once you accomplish anything, it's still, I mean, of course, it's still successful, but it's pushing yourself to succeed no matter what. So yeah, you have an impossible goal and like really, really high achieving. That's usually what people say like, oh, that's unattainable or oh, that that's gonna take a lot of work. But trying to reach that impossible goal, you're probably going to succeed way more than if you set a goal that was easy to accomplish. So before we get started, I just wanted you to think about that. I'll have to link the actual quote that he says about achieving impossible goals, but I thought that was important because for years I've done that. I would put in a planner like goals that were unreal, and I kept saying to myself that if I can at least accomplish something along the way, then it'll be worth my time. So technically, if you set an impossible goal, you really can't lose because anything that you accomplish trying to get there will be well worth your time and you will have still achieved something trying to reach a goal. And then if you do reach the impossible goal, then like how excited would you be of something that was impossible, quote unquote, and then you you managed to achieve it by just, I mean, of course you shouldn't hustle your butt off, but that's what most people tell you to do. It's still, it's a win-win either way. What I have recently done is I've finally dove into educating myself. All of 2020, I was like, okay, I started business. I'm outsourcing things. I'm hiring for things. Now it's time for me to be a better planner. So as I was looking for planners, Around December, I was like, what planner is going to actually help me achieve my goals? So I I did some digging, and I finally found Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. Now, I'm really, really excited about this planner because I'm going to explain to you actually right now. So what happens is, is you first start off with your annual goals, right? And this is where a lot of us go wrong. We have New Year's resolutions, right? And we end up having like 20 or 30, I don't know. And we usually don't end up accomplishing them. We just write them down. And well, this is what I used to do, but I used to write them down. And then at the end of the year, be like, oh, did I, did I accomplish anything? Did I do any of the um, New Year's resolutions that I had? Because I would write them down and surprise myself at the end of the year, like, hey, I did that. Or, oh man, didn't do that. So with the full focus planner, it kind of starts with the annual goals in mind, and then it breadcrumbs you into achieving them like bit by bit. So let me explain. They suggest having no more than seven to 10 annual goals, which is so smart because I would always have the more the merrier. At least that's what you think you're supposed to do for your quote unquote New Year's resolution. So having seven to 10 goals and then breaking them down into quarters. And if you don't know what quarters are, then this is an easy way to break it down, but it's every three months. So January, February, March, 
April, May, June, you know, so on and so forth. So breaking those down into quarters. So that way it's easy to accomplish a couple goals at a time over the course of a few months, instead of looking at those 10 goals every month, like, ah, I didn't do these 10 things or, oh man, it's March and I still haven't done like three out of the 10 goals. So actually just spreading them across the year quarterly makes so much more sense. And it takes a a lot of pressure off of you. So that is definitely one thing that I'm really excited about starting. And I'm going to, of course, at the end of the year, let you know how I did with my goals and all that other stuff. But this is basically how I'm just setting up my year. So having up to 10 goals, and a lot of them is going to be outsourcing, hiring, launching. And then, of course, the rest of them will be dedicated to family, spending, having more date nights with my husband, um, having more play dates with my daughter, and just being more present, um, working less, you know, playing more. 2020 did teach me that in so many ways, shape, and form. I feel like I worked so much my entire um, business, and that's all I knew was like hustling and hustling and hustling. And actually, 2020 slowed me down and realized that I needed to start living, living. Like, yeah, I had weekdays, but man, was it nice to have a weekend to go on the beach with my daughter and swim around with her and eat pizza because DoorDash delivers to the beach, and that's amazing. And I don't know. I saw the world in such a different way when we were forced to be quarantined. It gave me major anxiety at first because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to somebody. But at the same time, it's taught me to slow down. And now I can't seem to rev up as much as I used to, which is such a good thing. So back to planning goals. So once you do your annual goals, your top 10, then the next page of the planner will be your goal details. So those 10 goals that you have or up to 10, um, you can literally break them down and how you're going to achieve that goal. And then I really like this. um, The last line of your goal is going to be your reward once you achieve that goal. So like, let's just say that, you know, my goal is to have at least uh, two date nights with my husband every month, right? And then at the end of the year, or let me say at the end of the month, if I achieve that goal, I'll reward myself. Maybe like, I don't know, I'll go to Target or something. But some way, shape, or form, um, I think that's really cool that you are giving yourself an incentive because it's actually going to make you more ambitious towards filling out those goals. Then you're going into the planner itself, the daily planner. And this is something that I actually didn't know, but they say you should only have three major tasks to complete a day. Anything else will give you overwhelm and probably anxiety and burnout. So even if you don't have this planner, these are some things you can make if you have a bullet journal. Um, And then I will set up like all the steps in the show notes too, just in case if you wanted to follow along. Um, But so they say have a daily big three top three things that you must accomplish to be successful that day. And then on the other side, it has other tasks. So maybe like run an errand or, you know, send this off to the post office or whatever. And then if those things aren't accomplished, then you just roll it over into the next day. So I really like the big three and I do like the other tasks because I'm a little scrappy and I have a bunch of things that I have to usually get done, pick up my daughter, go grab some lunch or just a random thing that comes to my mind because I'm a mom and I have to multitask a million times a day. Another thing is the hourly section. Now for me, how I plan my day is I give myself at least an hour to do things so I'm not rushing. I used to do a half an hour. I realized that was not sustainable um, and it had me really scrappy and my mind was always going a million places. So I give myself at least one to two hours to do a task 
depending on, of course, how long it takes. I would say give yourself a 30-minute buffer just in case you go over and you won't feel bad about it or just so you can have breaks too. I like to have breaks in between big projects that way that if you're staring at a computer screen all the time, it oh, it does something to your mind and it makes you really like drowsy and tired. So I usually try to get my errands out during the day, the early morning, if I have to or if I can, and then the rest of the afternoon will be devoted to work. Now, because Ella is in preschool, um, my work hours are technically from 8 to 3. So she goes to school at 8 and she's got, she's home by like 3.30. So I try to get as much done as possible within that time. I also have my son home with me now full time because he's a newborn. But he also sleeps like 24-7 and only wakes up to eat. So I can still get a ton of work done. I'm still able to literally host rooms and clubhouse with him. It's hilarious. Um, so yeah, establishing work hours for yourself, I think is super important. Some people like more time, some people like less time, whatever works for you during busy season. When I'm doing a lot of weddings, I actually cut my work hours, um, a lot just to let myself breathe and just to not have me staring at a computer screen editing all the time. Now, one aspect I love with this planner and I cannot wait to keep using it is the weekly preview. So after the daily pages, Um, they are, I think they are named by day. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then at the end of the week, you have a weekly preview. So that will basically have you summarize the entire week. This is something I wish the Panda Planner had that I invested in years ago. If you've been following me for a while, I used to sing the praises of the Panda Planner, but it was really hard for me to know what I accomplished and what I was doing and where I was at in my business in terms of goals and everything. So I do wish that it had a weekly preview. So this is something that I I love. Anyway, so there will be a recap of what you completed, what you did well and what you didn't, what worked and what didn't, and then the things that you didn't accomplish, and that will roll over into the next week so that they do get accomplished. Um, I do like there's a section for the biggest wins so you can kind of celebrate what you've done and how far you come. I think that's a good way to kind of keep your momentum going instead of being like, oh, what didn't work? Um, And then, of course, like I said, listing the next tasks that you need to get done. So this will help you keep track of where you're going and how fast it's taking you or how big a project really is so you're not so hard on yourself. Because for me, um, I'm unusually ambitious, as they always tell me. Um, And so I try to accomplish as much as possible, but I realize that that is not sustainable. Um, So that is why I'm going to be just tackling the big three and then rolling things over into the weeks and making sure that I only have two to three major tasks to complete within a quarter. So that gives me three months to accomplish something. So if I do accomplish you know, those tasks within like a month or two or three, then that will just kind of give me the boost that I need and the ambition I need to keep going. Um, And it sucks because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of have to be your biggest hype man. No one else is really going to push you as much as you can push you unless you have a business coach. But even then, you still have to motivate yourself every single day to go after your dream and, you know, tell yourself that I'm almost there or keep going. And I think having a good planner will do that for you. So if you want the full focus planner, I do have like a referral link. Um, That way, like you get $10 off and I think I get $10 off and that will help us both achieve our goals because I think you have to buy these every single quarter. So it's only a quarterly planner. Um, But if you have a bullet journal or something else smaller, I do suggest 
implementing something where you have a daily pages, a weekly preview, and then making sure that you have annual goals that are separated into quarters. So those will be my biggest takeaways for planning. Um, Another thing that I use that I love, love, love is my Asana. I lay out everything in Asana. Um, And some people use Trello, like whatever you use is probably fine. As long as you have a task manager where you can see everything. Some people prefer paper though. Um, I lose paper. I do like to scrap things down on paper because I remember it easier. But if you want to have all these things accessible on your phone or everywhere that you go, then I would suggest putting it from paper into Asana or Trello or using Asana huge win. I lay them out in boards. Um, That's how actually I plan this podcast. So I have a bunch of ideas in one corner, like topic ideas, and that's the board. And there's a bunch of like brainstorm ideas that I probably do every so couple Saturdays. Or just when I have a random idea and I'm like driving, I'll just like type that in that board and then come back to it later and fill it out. And then of course do a podcast on it. Um, But then I have January, February, March, and then April, May, June. So I do two quarters at a time and I'm able to see the whole thing on my iMac all six months in advance. And I can have that all scheduled, possible guests that I want to reach out to. And that's a super good way to batch your content. When I was pregnant, with Eli, I was able to batch about ooh, four months of podcast episodes towards like the couple last weeks of my pregnancy. So it's definitely something I would suggest if you are a mom or if you're someone who doesn't like to spend a lot of time on something or be so close back to back, I would say batch maybe anywhere between like five to 10 episodes a month. It is going to be really stressful, but you won't have to think about it for the next couple months. So it's like, do I want to suffer <laughs> these couple days just so I can get a break the next couple months? I think it's worth it. I love batching, but then again, I'm an efficiency and productivity nerd. So self-proclaimed, you know what I mean. Now on to the next part of this episode, I want to talk about why we should be breaking down SMART goals. I'm not sure who founded this term, and you've probably heard it from a ton of other podcasts and how they are breaking down their SMART goals, but I'm just going to summarize this because I'm a bullet point person and I just don't want to get like too overly intellectually descriptive. (laughs) But basically, a SMART goal is a SMART, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound goal. So what that means is being very, very specific, basically, um, in terms of time, in terms of something you can measure, and then something that's obviously realistic. But if we're going off of this podcast episode, I say set an impossible goal because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it'll be worth it. An example of a smart goal would be, for me, let's say, like, lose X amount of pounds by March, Okay, so that is a specific goal because it is a SMART goal, I'm guessing. It's measurable by how many pounds. It's also attainable. I mean, losing weight's not that difficult. It's a lot of work, but it's not that difficult. And then time-bound, so by March. Maybe March 25th if you want to be really specific. That is an example of a SMART goal. Instead of saying, I need to lose weight. (laughs) That's usually kind of the resolutions that we have. Like, lose weight. Get fit. Work out get a gym membership. But instead of being very vague like that, so you can kind of give yourself an easy way out 
Um, just say get a gym membership by January 15th, 2021, right? And now you're like, oh, okay, okay, I have to get my stuff together. And it kind of holds you accountable um, and it keeps you from slipping through the cracks. Like if you want to accomplish things and I feel like 2020, we had a lot of rest time. We've also had a lot of planning time. We've had a lot of dreams fall through. So 2021, let's implement those things, right? So I think that setting smart goals, being specific, and then of course, I do I do two different like realistic and unrealistic goals. So like let's let's just say you want to get build your Instagram following, right? So let's say um you only have a thousand followers. Say grow Instagram to 3K followers and then put 5K and then put 10K. I like to cross off things on a checklist. The 3K would be like good and then 5K would be best and then 10K would be better, right? So those are like ways to break that down so that like if I accomplish 3K, like that's realistic, but 10K would be impossible and 5K is like a happy medium, right? So those are some things to think about too when you're planning your goals. Um, Don't make it too complicated and don't be hard on yourself either. Just roll that over into the next year. It's not a big deal. We usually have time for things if we make time for them. Now, something that I like to do that keeps me accountable to my random scrappy list of things to do because I am a mom and I am running a couple businesses, I like to plan the night before. So at the end of the night, if there's anything that I didn't accomplish, I probably will put color-coded post-it notes depending on like categories like maybe like yellow for finances or red for must do immediately and then pink for something creative, whatever you want to do. I'll put that on my iMac and then check that the next day. Um, maybe time blocking. Some people need get very distracted easy. I think we all do. Um, so turn your phone off on do not disturb or leave it in the next room. I actually lost my phone, guys. I've been looking for it for a while. I think it's somewhere downstairs, but I get the most done when I don't have my phone because habitually we're checking it. We're checking Instagram, we're checking our emails, we're checking Pinterest, whatever. We're always checking our phones. So if you really want to bulldoze through a project, like leave your phone somewhere and then time block 30 minutes to an hour. Um, And then of course, insert breaks where needed. And you'd be surprised what you can get done if you just stay more disciplined. Now, there is a saying that millennials are always doing morning pages and this is my daily routine or whatever. Honestly, I I love morning pages. Uh, It's also called stream of consciousness. So um, if you're looking to have like a peaceful morning, I would definitely suggest like stream of consciousness, just kind of taking a piece of paper and writing whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're looking at in front of you. And you'd be surprised like the creative stuff that comes flowing or just the things that were on your mind that you had no idea were in your subconscious. And it kind of clears your head for the day. Now, for me, I don't have a major morning routine. I personally just drink coffee and kind of stare at a blank wall for a little bit or, you know, I don't know, check my email, I guess, but not my business emails. I'm working on not checking my business emails first thing in the morning, but I do check the shopping emails and the promotions tab in Gmail. Don't tell my husband. (laughs) But Bath and Body Works candles are always having a crazy deal. Like, what is up with that? In Hannah Murphy's episode, season three, episode 34, we did talk about how she creates the profitable schedule. And she's a paper person. So she has one piece of paper for like random things that she wants to get done. And then she has another piece of paper that she has strategically for things that she needs to get done. If having a planner and having all of these goals and all that stuff is too difficult, then I think you should definitely try 
her method. I will link that in the show notes. But otherwise, guys, this is basically all the things that I do to kind of set my days up for success. I hope it's super helpful for you. It's definitely attainable. And as well as be graceful on yourself. You don't have to be hardcore. This is not one of those hustle, hustle podcasts. But if you are looking to achieve impossible goals, these are definitely some amazing steps that you need to make a habit, which I need to read that book, Atomic Habits, too. I heard it was really good. Um, Make it habitual to where you're in the process of constantly doing the same thing over and over, and you'd be surprised, like, what you can do if you put your mind to it. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Let me know. DM me on Instagram how it's going. And if you have any questions about these things, because I love planning. Like, there's nothing more that I love than to reverse engineer and plan goals. Is that boring? I don't know. But thank you guys so much for listening to this. Feel free to screenshot this, share it in your stories, and please leave me a review. Let me know how you love it. And I'd love to share it on my Instagram stories as well. It makes my day. It really does. Until next week. Bye.